You're listening to Red Button. Have some conversation, please. Thank you. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. Hello and welcome to Box 39 Red Button, our later evening conversation show coming live from here in Studio One at Colm Radio Towers on 106.6 FM Colm Radio. Now, I'm Bill Lawrence and I'm your host for this show. And welcome to another edition of Red Button Orbits, where under your curatorship, you, our listeners, take us on a circular tour of music, starting and finishing at the same point. Because what we listen to is completely up to you. It's you that will make the links, you that will find uh, the connections. Our musical sounds, uh, our rotunda, our roundabout must have associations, however unusual uh, or unexpected, obscure or inscrutable. So think of the next hour as like a happy wander around a roundabout of musical love, a yurt of sound. It's not going to be obvious in its design, and uh, we're probably going to have a few bits there you weren't expecting, but it will be very, very exciting. So let me know. Uh, what you want during the next path uh, to be on uh, to be in our journey you'll be my guide you'll be delivering the os music map references you are in control so we're going to begin at the beginning obviously and with that good life theme so the british good life uh british sitcom you'll know it uh, bbc television it went from the mid mid 70s for about four years and it was very very popular probably one of the most popular sitcoms of its era uh, it was all about a midlife crisis of a 40 year old designer called tom good who uh, related uh, who gave up work and it related his joys and setbacks he and his wife Barbara experienced when they attempt to escape that modern rat race lifestyle by becoming uh, totally self-sufficient in their suburban house in Serbian, Serbiton in London. So the goods made this decision to pursue self-sufficiency and uh, the common love of the comedy is that it's sharp conflict with the habits of the Leadbetters, the couple who live next door, and the conflict between the neighbours balanced with an increasingly sort of close friendship created comic tension uh, of the friendship that uh, was finding its limits. It was voted as Britain's 
best sitcom in 2004. And you'll probably remember Richard Bryars and Felicity Kendall taking the lead. Now, the theme tune, written by a man called Bert Rhodes, one of Britain's most successful light entertainment musical directors and composers, in fact. And he didn't just uh, have a career in radio and television. He also had a very successful time at the West End. And with Broadway musicals, he worked with loads of famous stars like Judy Garland, Sammy Davis Jr., Cliff Richard, Johnny Mathis, Frankie Vaughan, The Supremes, Eartha Kitt, even Brucey Forsythe. So the Good Life theme tune and familiar opening credits were a sort of cartoon bee flying around this giant flower petals. And that actually featured in an episode of the very alternative comedy, The Young Ones, uh, the episode entitled Sick, where Ada Edmondson played uh, a punk called Vivian and he rips apart the title page after the first 10 seconds of the opening credits of the show whilst criticising it, showing it's so bloody nice, Felicity Treacle Kendall. Uh, and uh, the, the music was familiar very much at the time then, and it was quite a, a shock to see. There's a gentleman called Matt Berry, a comedian and a musician, English comedian musician, who then developed uh, what you heard there, the themes of the good life, uh, on his own album of television themes, his seventh studio album, released in 2018 by Acid Jazz Records. And the album includes Berry's reworked version of lots of television theme tunes from the 1960s through to the 1980s. Things like Are You Being Served? Blankety Blank, the children's show Rainbow, and of course that perennial classic Doctor Who. And uh, Matt Berry has recorded nine studio albums. Uh, he's produced and written a load of music for TV, including the theme for Steve Coogan's comedy Saxander. And Barry has actually appeared in several music videos, including the video for this 2007 song by the super furry animals called Run Away. I could have told you Red Button here on Colm Radio, 106.6 FM. Our later evening conversation show with me, Bill Lawrence. Tonight, we're on another musical orbital journey, which began with The Good Life and, well, hopefully we'll end up there too. But it's up to you. You are the curators of every link that we made. We just heard Super Furry Animals run away. And the video in that, we found jazz musician and actor Matt Berry who covered his own version of the TV theme we started with for The Good Life. Now, listener Danny Stones has supplied details for us to make our next musical connection. So thanks very much, Danny. And Danny says, The Super Fairy Animals are a Welsh rock band formed in Cardiff. 
Um, the band considered to be part of the renaissance of Welsh music and art and literature from the 1990s, uh, alongside bands like um, the Manic Street Preachers, Stereophonics, Catatonia. And actor Rhys Evans was briefly the lead vocalist of the rock band The Super Furry Animals before they released any records. Now, Rhys Evans is an actor very well known for his roles in Notting Hill, Kevin and Perry Go Large, and of course portraying Xenophilius Love God in the massive worldwide smash Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Now, in 2002, Evans caused some controversy in the British media for his support of Mabian Glendua, which is a militant Welsh nationalist group, which during the 1980s burned down more than 100 empty holiday homes in Wales owned by English people. The Wales of the 60s and 70s and 80s was a country that saw political agitation as well as musical ferment, and um, the Welsh protest song was sort of pushed forward rather than composing love songs the young welsh artists would take their guitars to the local pub and sing sing satirical and political songs by the end of the 1990s early 21st century the welsh language and the politics of welsh nationalism were being expressed through a variety of styles whether it's hip-hop reggae ska or just the traditional folk roots and a very famous singer of the time of the of the a millennial singer was Charlotte Church, who said that as far as she was concerned, independence, Welsh independence, was normal. And uh, the, the singer songwriter, she sold over ten million albums worldwide. She teamed up with uh, the grassroots pro independence groups to bring musical twists to uh, their their protests. Now she said. Her support of Welsh independence wasn't about nationalism, but instead was about democracy. And uh, she said her country had the opportunity, and I quote, to become a shining beacon of environmentalism and well-being. So if we look at Charlotte Church's 2010 album called Back to Scratch, she produced a sort of new different sound, um, but one that she said goes with her political voice. And one of the songs on that album was a classic song from the Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell, who featured this on her iconic 1971 album, Blue. And so here's that classic Joni Mitchell uh, song sung by Joni herself. This is River. It's coming on Christmas, they're cutting down trees. Putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on But it don't snow here, it stays pretty green I'm gonna make a lot of money Then I'm gonna quit this crazy scene I wish I had a river I could skate away on so long I would teach my feet to Thank you. 
Christ University. Questioning standards, reimagining quality, conjuring up dreams. Oxford, Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, and now Price University, with a Colchester P.O. Box number. We're enrolling students for 2023, a range of innovative courses, bachelor's degrees in creative accounting, post-truth communication studies, reverse psychology, global gaslighting, master's degrees in pseudoscience, sociopathic marketing, shell company management, self-assessed MBAs available without lectures or coursework. All tuition fees payable up front for your peace of mind. Non-refundable payment possible via our charity-based Nigerian call centre. Price University. Online only. You're listening to Box 39 Red Button Orbits with Bill Lawrence. And this is another circular tour of great songs and the links and connections behind them. As everything we listen to on our musical roundabout is curated by you, our listeners. Tonight our Red Button Orbital journey starts and ends with The Good Life. I'm Bill Lawrence and we are listening to Orbits with The Good Life as our starting point and hopefully our ending point. We have just heard from Joni Mitchell with River, which was covered by Charlotte Church, a Welsh nationalist advocate, as were actor Rhys Evans, who was in the very original lineup of the Super Furry Animals. Now, listener Maxine Flowers has created our next link, our next step in our journey tonight. Thank you very much, Maxine. And it's as follows Joni Mitchell uh, produced her fourth album, Blue which very much looked inwards for inspiration and stripped her sound right back to produce an album that laid a sort of blueprint for generations of singer-songwriters to come. Mitchell had a rare talent for making her work very personal, but also very, very universal. Songs on Blue, as you heard there, were tough, romantic, cynical, witty, self-aware, brutally honest, uh, full of emotional intensity. And uh, she sold, uh, it was her first album to sell more than a million copies. In early 1971, Mitchell took the material she'd amassed during her time away from the spotlight travelling around Europe and began the first session for what would become Blue. Um, The nature of these songs very much demanded that the sessions were intimate, so most were recorded solo, There was only four other musicians on the album. There was a a pedal steel guitarist called Sneaky Pete Kleinow. There was a percussionist called Ross Kunkel and uh, Stephen Stills and James Taylor. And even then, those four musicians were used very sparingly. And Joni famously played the Appalachian dulcimer on the album, as well as in live concerts. concerts. Now, the Appalachian dulcimer... Um, is a fretted stringed instrument, uh, like a zither, I suppose. It's got three, sometimes four strings, uh, played in the Appalachian Mountain region of the USA originally. Uh, many dul- The dulcimer's got many variant names. Uh, you may have heard the nickname, sometimes a harmonium, a hog fiddle, music box, um, things like that. But the traditional way to play the instrument, you lay it flat on the lap, you pl- pluck or strum the strings with the right hand, while fretting with the left. Now, Brian Jones, he of the Rolling Stones, he played the electric Appalachian dulcimer on the Rolling Stones' 1966 album, Aftermath, notably on a track called Lady Jane. Written by the group's songwriting duo of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, the song Lady Jane was initially included on the Bounds' 1966 album. Um, Here it is, Lady Jane by the Rolling Stones with Brian Jones on Dulcimer. My sweet Lady Jane When I see you again Your servant of I 
and will humbly remain Just keep this plea, my love On bended knees, my love I pledge myself to Lady Jane My dear Lady Anne I've done what I can I must take my leave For promised I am This play is run, my love Your time has come, my love Box 39 Red Button, and I'm Bill Lawrence. And thank you to listener Nicholas Surgeon, who's texted in suggesting that we take this next node in our journey of musical interconnections from the good life where we started. And that was the Rolling Stones with Lady Jane with Brian Jones playing the dulcimer. Jones was a multi-instrumentalist and singer and actually the founder, as well as being the rhythm and lead guitarist and original leader of the Rolling Stones. Fellow bandman members Keith Richards and Mick Jagger sort of started to take over the band's musical direction, especially after they became a very successful songwriting team. And Jones and fellow guitarist Richards, who developed a unique style of guitar play that Richards refers to as the, the ancient art of weaving. Both players would play rhythm and lead parts together. That became a Rolling Stones trademark. Jones, however, didn't get along with the band's manager, Andrew Luke Oldham, who pushed the band into a musical direction at, own, at odds with Jones's blues background. And this uh, eventually led to uh, disaster. When Jones developed alcohol and drug problems, his performances in the studio became increasingly unreliable and his role sort of diminished within the band he had founded. In June 69, the Rolling Stones dismissed Jones. They sacked him, and guitarist Mick Taylor took his place in the group. Jones also played harmonica in many of the Rolling Stones' early songs, like Not Fade Away. He often served as a backing vocalist, particularly on I Want to Be Your Man, uh, on uh, Can't Get No Satisfaction, and It's All Over Now. And by all accounts, Jones's attitude changed frequently. He was one minute caring and generous, the next making an effort to anger everyone. As uh, the bass player, Bill Wyman, observed there was at least two sides to Brian's personality. Jones's last substantial sessions with the Stones occurred in 1968 when the Stones produced Jumping Jack Flash and the Beggar's Banquet album. And his last formal appearance was in the December 1968 uh, Rock and Roll Circus, a part concert, part circus act film organised by the band. Now, very sadly and tragically, uh, around midnight, 
uh, in an evening in July 1969, Jones was discovered motionless at the bottom of his swimming pool and he was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital at the age of just 27. Death by misadventure was later declared by the coroner and noted that Jones's liver and heart were greatly enlarged by, unfortunately, past drug and alcohol abuse. Jones' death at 27 was the first of the sort of 1960s rock phenomenon, followed within two years by the drug-related deaths of Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Alan Wilson and Janis Joplin, all at the age of 27. The Rolling Stones performed at a free concert in Hyde Park in London just two days after Jones's death. Before the Stones played their set, Jagger read excerpts from Adonis, a poem by Percy Bysshe Shelley about the death of his friend John Keats, and stagehands released hundreds of white butterflies as part of the tribute. And the band opened with a Johnny Winter song that was one of Jones's favourites, I'm Yours and I'm Hers. In 2023, this Johnny Winter song was covered by American blonde guitarist Edgar Holland Winter. And here's Edgar Winter's version, also featuring the legends Billy Gibbons and Derek Trucks. You know I'm yours and I'm hers Somebody else's team, yeah mm-hmm. You know I'm yours and I'm hers Somebody else's team, yeah mm. Cause I'm too tough, seven mama Do just what I wanna do button rubbing the warm thighs of radio and squeezing the fat belly of chat i'm bill lawrence and you're listening to box 39 red button and we've linked joni mitchell playing dulcimer on her album blue with brian jones playing dulcimer for the rolling stones to edgar winter playing the record played at brian jones's funeral Edgar Winter is an American multi-instrumentalist musician, plays keyboards, guitar, saxophone, percussion, and uh, he invented the keyboard body strap early in his career, an innovation that allowed him the freedom to move around on stage during his multi-instrument high-energy performances. Winter also played saxophone with a large number of very famous people. Meatloaf, Dan Hartman, Tina Turner, David Lee Roth. Uh, He supported Deep Purple on world tours. Um, National TV campaigns have used his music to advertise their products. And you will have heard music in many film and television products, including My Cousin Vinny, Wayne's World, The Simpsons, Queer as Folk, and Tupac Resurrection. Now, Edgar Winter was born with albinism. The fact that didn't seem to slow him down, or his older brother Johnny, also uh, with albinism. In fact, its effects on their vision, according to their mother, might have lent them musical superpowers. She said uh, the boys were both musical from the time they were born, and part of it because they were legally blind, and their acute hearing made up in part for their lack of sight. Now, someone else with albinism is Yellow Man, Jamaica's first dance hall superstar who is quoted as saying, it's only when me come out that people like me start to show up because them used to hide away from shame. And he's referring to his albinism there. Um, 
reggae legend Yellow Man was actually born Winston Foster in Kingston in Jamaica in the mid-50s. And throughout his childhood, Yellow Man had to endure the stigma of being poor and with albinism. He experienced a rather tormenting childhood, shunned from society, scorned by his peers, but was able to overcome all the negativity thrown at him due to his skin colour, and he embraced his uniqueness, calling himself Yellow Man. His career took off in the late 1970s, where he rose to superstar status in the 1980s during a time when Roots reggae was flourishing with big names like Bob Marley, Peter Tosh and Jimmy Cliff. But uh, Yellow Man was a dancehall reggae artist and in 1981 he signed to Columbia Record and became the first dancehall artist to sign a deal with a major US, level, US label with a 10-track album, King Yellow Man, which included hits like Jamaica Nice and Wadat, and was nominated for the Grammys, made him the very first dancehall artist to be nominated for such a prestigious awards. Kareema Foster is Yellow Man's daughter and lives in New York, and she's following in her father's footsteps and paving her own way in the music industry. So here is Karima Foster's Daughter of Yellow Man's recently released song Father's Love, which features her dad Yellow Man, of course. This one is for all the fathers on Father's Day. Come on, every day father's here. Love you, daddy. I love you too. Sing it. From a little as I you, my father showed me that true fathers never run away. Tough, even when time get rough, I have my father every day. Real loyalty comes from royalty. That's the man who raised me. Teach me right from wrong. All grown up, real strong. Time for bigger father's day. You teach me everything from a little and a grow. You said I make the trend where everybody loves and Real father, real Listening to Box 39 Red Button Orbits with Bill Lawrence. And this is another circular tour of great songs and the links and connections behind them. As everything we listen to on our musical roundabout is curated by you, our listeners. Tonight our Red Button Orbital journey starts and ends with The Good Life. This is our Later Evening Conversation show live from Studio One at Colm Radio Towers here on Box 39 Red Button. And I'm Bill Lawrence. Now, the last link on our orbital musical journey took us from legendary US musician Edgar Winter to reggae dancehall legend Yellow Man to New York and Yellow Man's daughter Karima. 
Now we turn to listener Martine Julep, who's emailed us with the next connection in tonight's compendium that maps our musical expedition. Thank you, Martine. She says dancehall is a genre of uh, Jamaican popular music which originated in the late 1960s. Initially a much more sparse version of reggae than the root style which dominated the 1970s and into the mid-1980s. Digital instrumentation much more prevalent which changed the sound considerably with digital dancehall or ragga become increasingly characterised by faster rhythms. And key elements include the extensive use of Jamaican patois rather than Jamaican standard English and the focus on the track instrumentals or rhythms. Dancehall saw initial mainstream success in Jamaica in the 1980s and by the 1990s it had become increasingly popular in Jamaican diaspora communities. In the 2000s, Dancehall experienced worldwide mainstream success and by the 2010s it began to heavily influence the work of established Western artists and producers which helped to further bring the genre into the Western musical mainstream. Dancehall culture is very much a, a space for the cultural creation, particularly of those for the, from the inner cities of Jamaica. And the major cultural imperatives that constitute the dance or worldview include things like uh, the dynamic interweaving of God and Haile Selassie. Uh, it's a form of stress relief or psychophysiological relief, a medium for economic advancement, uh, as it suggests that the quickest way to an object is the preferred way, and the end justifies the means. Um, objects and events that are external to the body are more important than internal processes. And so the sort of importance of the external self as well. Very different from Roots Reggae, I'm sure you will agree. And such a drastic change in the popular music of the region generated an equally radical transformation in fashion trends, especially those of its female faction. In lieu of traditional modest rootsy styles, as dictated by Rastafari-inspired gender roles, women began donning flashy, revealing outfits. Dancehalls are used to communicate messages of women's power and control in a protest against their gendered experience embedded in Jamaican culture. It's a space that allows for women to be empowered and to communicate their liberation from the boundaries imposed on them, rather by negotiating their own boundaries in the dance hall, by taking control of their bodies and by communicating the power. Women are demanding respect when confronted by those who don't believe they deserve it. Dancehall saw a new wave of popularity in Western markets in the mid late to late 2010s, with immense commercial success being achieved by a number of dancehall pop singles, including from Rihanna, with a song called Work that featured rapper Drake, her boyfriend at the time, following the collapse of a, a rather toxic and reportedly physically abusive relationship with rapper Chris Brown. Rihanna then surprised everyone with her ability to change from dancehall to other styles. Her next single was this, a mid-tempo, 50s and 60s inspired doo-wop and soul ballad, Love on the Brain, which has lyrics that depict a destructive yet addictive relationship. And you got me like a What you want from me What you want from me And try to buy you're pretty hard with a price too high Baby, you got me like gold mm. You love when I fall apart So you can put me together And throw me against the wall Baby, you got me like Stop loving me, don't quit loving me, just stop loving me. Oh, and babe, I'm fist fine with fire just to get close to you. And we burn something today, and I'll run for miles just to get it So good and I can't get in 
filling our big sack of conversation with dripping lumps of lovely chat. This is Box 39 Red Button, our leave it later evening conversation show, and we are absolutely live here in Studio One, high up here in Colne Radio Towers on 106.6 FM. I'm Bill Lawrence. Now, our last musical relationship took us from the recent reggae of Yellow Man's Daughter Creamer through the very political dancehall reggae and on to global superstar from Barbados, Robin Fenty, or Rihanna, as she's better known. And our next link comes from listener Stevie Bogle from West Mersey. Thank you very much, Stevie. Who says Rihanna's song Love on the Brain is notably featured on the US television series Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy is an American medical drama television series started in 2005 and at the time of recording this in 2023 is still generating original and very successful episodes. So the series focuses on the lives of surgical interns, residents uh, and uh, attendings as they develop into seasoned doctors whilst balancing all their personal and professional relationships. The title, Grey's Anatomy, is an allusion to a classic human anatomy textbook first published in 1858 in London, written by Henry Gray. And to complete that link, the show's revolved around Ellen Pompeo's character, Dr. Meredith Gray, um, at least until halfway through its 19th and current season. Now, it's been praised for its accuracy and criticised for its inaccuracy. It's been called a white women's show, and it's been called a show with commendable colourblind casting. So, for better or for worse, whichever view you'd like to take, over the last 10 years, 15 years... The surgeons at Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital, which was once known in the series as the Seattle Grace Mercy West, and before that, simply Seattle Grace, they've stuck around through an endless series of disasters. I mean, they've had to put up with a lot of things. There's been a train crash. There's been a bomb explosion. There was, at one point, a ferry crash. An ambulance crash. There was the bus accident that killed George, poor old George. There was the hospital shooting. There was the plane crash, and then the great sinkhole, and then there was the bus explosion during a power outage causing storm, and who can forget the earthquake. Now, the most watched episode of Grey's Anatomy was one called It's the End of the World. This was the 16th episode of the second season, and the episode's title refers to the song It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M., whose lead singer Michael Stipe collaborated with Coldplay frontman Chris Martin for a cover of the Joseph Arthur song In the Sun, which closes every episode of Grey's Anatomy. So here is Chris Martin and Michael Stipe with that closing song, In the Sun. I picture you in the sun Wondering what went wrong And falling down on your knees Asking for sympathy And being caught in between All you wish for And all you've seen And trying to find anything you can feel That you can believe in May God's love be with you always May God's love be with you I know I would apologize If I could see in your eyes Cause when you showed me myself, you know I became someone else But I was caught in between All you wish for and all you need I picture you fast asleep A nightmare comes You can't keep away Love be with you Always Always May God's love be with you 
I don't know anymore what it's for. I'm not even sure if there is anyone who's in the sun. Will you help me to understand? Cause I've been caught in between all you wish for and all you need. Maybe you're not even sure what it's for anymore. Bill's Big Bag of Onions, every week on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Bill's Big Bag of Onions, a lovely compilation of lovely short stories written by some lovely friends of Cone Radio and lovely music, introduced by the lovely Bill Lawrence, which all makes it a thoroughly lovely radio show. Bill's Big Bag of Onions, every week on Tuesday at 8pm. That last step in our musical orbit took us from Rihanna to the medical TV series Grey's Anatomy, and then on to Michael Stipe from R.E.M. and Chris Martin from Coldplay. And our next link comes from our listener, Lisa Greengage from West St. Osith. Thank you very much, Lisa. She says, Christopher Anthony John Martin, known as Chris Martin, singer with Coldplay, was born in 1977 in Exeter in Devon. He's the oldest of five children. His dad is a retired chartered accountant. His mum's a music teacher. His family have a caravan and motorhome sales business, Martins of Exeter. Uh, William Willett, the man who campaigned for and made daylight saving time a recognised practice, was Martin's great-great-grandfather. And Martin was educated at uh, various schools in and around Exeter, where he found his passion for music. Now, Exeter and Devon are not necessarily recognised for being uh, a place of a powerful rock music ancestry or heritage, but there are exceptions. For example, there is Appliance, a post-rock trio from the 1990s, or from uh, Exeter, there's The Sound of the Sirens, a folk duo who use vocal harmonies to weave tales of sadness, albeit with a positive spin. And of course, who can forget the Muncie Girls, the politically charged pop-punk three-piece outfit. Major venues in Devon for music are predominantly in Exeter, um, being, for example, the University or the Hole in the Wall, for example. But there are venues at Dartmouth, Plymouth and Newton Abbott. Exeter hosted the Fab Four, the Beatles, on three occasions. For the second of these, in November 1963, the band played at the Exeter's ABC Cinema. And the the Fab Four single, She Loves You, was at number two in the hit parade. And their debut album at the time, Please Please Me, had been number one in the charts for over 29 weeks. Beatlemania had hit fever pitch all over the country as John, Paul, George and Ringo with their mop top hair and their inimitable pop sound uh, captured the hearts and minds of the youth uh, of, of Exeter. It had been touch and go whether they would be able to perform at all on that night. Uh, the, the show two nights earlier in Portsmouth had been cancelled when Paul was taken ill with a gastric bug, but they pulled it off and stormed it. Other acts on the bill included the Kestrels, Peter Jay and the Jaywalkers, the Vernon Girls and the comedian Frank Berry, who might as well all of them have stayed at home because the predominantly teenage audience only cared about the pop sensations from Liverpool. Post-Sergeant Pepper in 1967, the Beatles released uh, a TV special and an Eve concept EP called The Magical Mystery Tour, which described the band and a group of people on a coach tour who's experienced strange happenings caused by magicians. And much of this film was shot throughout the West Country of England, including in Devon. And actually including three days filming Women in Bikinis at the Atlantic Hotel in Newquay in Cornwall. 
But much of it was actually also filmed in and around an RAF base in Kent. But here from that magical mystery tour is one of the most interesting of all the songs on the EP, the second song, and it's The Fool on the Hill. Day after day, alone on a hill, the man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still, but nobody wants to know him, they can see that he's just a And he never gives an answer But the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning round Well on the way Head in a cloud The man of a thousand voices Talking perfectly loud But nobody ever hears him Or the sound he appears to make And he never seems to notice But the fool on the hill Sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head See the world spinning Box 39, Red Button. I'm Bill Lawrence. So our music orbit, our pathway, is nearly walked. Our final step to conclude our orbit and bring us back to where we started is supplied by listener Sasha Coyles from Central Colchester. Now, the Beatles. Uh, Their most successful drummer was Richard Starkey, known as Ringo Starr, who, of course, appeared on the Magical Mystery Tour that we've just heard. He formed a band called the All Star, S-T-A-R-R, the All Star Band, which included an ever-changing lineup of live musicians and friends that would back Star up, in addition, each performing a song or two themselves. And since 1989, over 30 years, Star has toured with 14 variations of the band, where, as he says, everybody on stage is a star in their own right. Now, former members, guests include Bruce Springsteen, Todd Rundgren, Dave Edmonds, Clarence Clemens, Stevie Nicks, Ginger Baker, Dr. John, Slash, Joan Byers, Paul McCartney, in list goes on, Jeff Lynn, Pete Townsend, Howard Jones, Peter Frampton, and all the way back to the very first lineup, it was guitarist Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh played with many groups and supergroups over the years, joining the Eagles for their album Hotel California. And to complete our orbit, to finish where we started with The Good Life from Matt Berry, we end with Life's Been Good from Joe Walsh. So our musical orbit is complete. I hope you have enjoyed it. And thank you to all our listeners to help guide us on our journey. I'm Bill Lawrence. 
be seeing you. Button is a guppy production for Colne Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. <laughs>